13 starts becoming a young man. Amen? And so yesterday we, we celebrated that. And, um, and I, in this society, uh, I recognize and we recognize that oftentimes nobody tells a man when he's become a man. And so a lot of young men are left to deduce and guess what is a man. So they turn on the TV or they, they talk to somebody down the street and, hey, what is a man? And sometimes they say, well, a man is someone who makes babies. Some of you know that in our culture and in our community, there is a lot of children and their parents, their daddies especially, are not there because there's a lot of men who were told, hey, as long as you're making babies, that makes you a man. You don't have to raise them. You don't have to take care of them. You don't have to be responsible for them. But as long as you're making them, that's what it means to be a man. The only problem is that's wrong. It's not true. And so we have a lot of kids being raised then by their moms and Moms, God bless you. Amen. How many are thankful for moms? Amen. <laughs> I mean, praise God. Yeah. God bless you. God bless the work that you do. And, and the, Lord, the Lord be with you. But there is a, a little bit of an epidemic. And so we celebrated that transitional moment for Daniel yesterday because I wanted to mark that day. And, and you say, Pastor, exactly what did you do? And I'm not going to go into details. The only thing I will tell you is that at some point we pulled out a samurai sword. And if you don't know what a samurai is or what a sword is, you can talk to me later, okay? <laughs> don't worry, he's fine. <laughs> and everybody else is fine. But we are marking the fact that he's growing up. He's now stopping becoming a child and now is on to other things, sometimes more dangerous things, sometimes more serious things. And I realized that, that sometimes that is true for us. I had my a cousin of mine that came to visit us uh, unexpectedly at the house. And he was six years younger than me. And how many know that whenever you have family members that are younger than you, especially, you know, five, six years, you always see them as little kids. <laughs> and there, you know, this guy, he's a grown man now. He is now in the Navy. He was a police officer in Atlanta. He's a grown man. I mean, he can... he. But I still see him, oh, I, I saw him the other day. I'm like, oh, man, you've grown up, you know, because a, a new season has come. And, and today what I want to talk about is the title of today's message is Your New Life by Faith. And the reason we want to talk about it is because so many times we are living our lives and maybe we come to church and we say a prayer or, or we say, yeah, I'm a Christian or yes, I believe, but nothing marks our moment with God, and we, we continue living the same way we used to live, but maybe with a little bit of Jesus on us, and, and nothing. nobody tells us, just like they don't tell young men what it means to be a man, nobody specifically walks with us, disciples us, and mentors us. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, say Jesus? And today, the Apostle Paul is speaking to a group of people called the Galatians. And I believe through the word, he's speaking to you and to me. And he wants to speak to us about what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. I grew up in Puerto Rico. And sometimes people say, a true follower of Jesus wears certain clothes or does not wear certain things. Women don't wear certain makeup. Or if you're a real follower of Jesus, then you're going to live this way. You're not going to. There's all kinds of ideas, and Paul here wants to clarify and say, hey, this is what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus. We want to we mark this day, amen? So I want you to follow with me. Hopefully you have uh, notes in front of you, and I want you to follow along with me in the book of Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. 
We're going to look at wisdom from this man named Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And he's speaking about a new life by faith. And there's going to be some interesting things here. And can we study the Bible together today? Is that okay? Can we just look at the Bible for a little bit? I believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And if we study it and we allow it to sink down into our souls, it will transform us. So let's look at the Word together. Here's the beginning of that passage. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. And now, I'm going to stop there for a second because that sounds really rough. But I just want to, I want to point out several things. Cephas is Peter. Look at your neighbor and say, Cephas is Peter. Say, tell him, Cephas is Peter. So Peter is the disciple, the apostle, who hung out with Jesus, who's very famous. And we all know Peter. Say, Peter. Okay? So now, this is Paul speaking. And he's saying, Cephas, whose name is actually Peter, came to Antioch. Now, we'll stop there for a second. Last week, we talked about how you and I, whenever we receive words from God or revelations from God, it is worth our time to go check with our leaders, check with the people who are close to Jesus, check with people who know the word to make sure that we don't stray off the path. Can I get an amen? And so last week, Paul went to Jerusalem to talk to Peter. Now, the beginning of this passage says, when Cephas, who is came to Antioch. So Paul first goes to Jerusalem, now to visit Peter. Now Peter is going to Antioch to visit Paul. Are you with me? There's something beautiful about the church. When we go to our leaders and our elders and our, the people that we trust, but, but it's also cool when they come to us. Amen? And so I want you to see that even though Peter is about to be reprimanded here and corrected, I want you to see that Peter was the disciple. He was Jesus' right-hand man, but he didn't sit on a throne in Jerusalem waiting for everyone to come to him. Sometimes he got out the door and he said, let me go see what God is doing in other parts of the world. Amen? And so that's a beautiful thing. However, in this passage, Paul says, when he came to Antioch, Peter, the disciple, Jesus' right-hand man, he came. How many know that if a celebrity walked in the door right now, you guys would notice? Right? If former President Obama walked through the door, we would be like, oh, that's cool. There's that, that guy I know. No, no. We'd be like, oh, my goodness, right? There he is. So imagine in the Christian movement, Peter, Jesus' right-hand man, come, walks into to, to Antioch, walks into the city. Wow, there he is. It's Peter. He was with Jesus. He's the one. He, he's a, there's, there's something special about him. And here Paul says, when he came, here's what I did. I opposed him to his face. I opposed him to his face. Why? Paul, why would you do that? This is Peter. Let's read on. Because, say because, he stood condemned. In other words, he was guilty of something. He had done something wrong. Let me just hit pause there for a second. If Peter, the disciple, did wrong things sometimes, can are you, do you know what I'm going with this? And that, you know, listen, it is okay. Sometimes we are human beings. We struggle sometimes. We go through difficulties sometimes. If Peter struggled, it's okay for us to struggle. Paul opposed Peter because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, James uh, mostly, most likely known as the brother of Jesus, could also be James, the brother of John. There's several uh, debates about it. But James was a, a key figure in the church, in the early church. For before certain men came from James, he used to, say used to, 
He used to eat with the Gentiles. He used to eat with them. For those who weren't here last week, a Gentile is anyone who is not of the Jewish faith and the Jewish tradition. Jews, following in the line of Abraham, had their laws, had their traditions. They were circumcised on the eighth day. They observed the Sabbath. There were a lot of things that the Jewish people did as part of their traditions. Their tradition. And so the Bible says that Peter came to Antioch and Paul is saying, before certain men, say certain men. Have you found that you act a certain way in front of some people, but if somebody else walks through the door, all of a sudden you act just a little bit different? Can I get an amen? amen. I don't know why. Don't tell my wife this. But I try to only play video games at home with Daniel when my wife is not at home. <laughs> When I'm going to do something, 
I wish I could tell you I don't think at all about what other people think, but I do. And here's the thing. When I'm close to Jesus, here's what God tells me. Lewis, I want you to care more about what I think than about what other people think. And in following me, the Lord said, there's going to be a lot of times when in following me, people are not going to understand. They're not going to get it. They're not going to be with you. But Jesus says, as long as I'm with you, Lewis, you're okay. And it's true for you. Amen. So as long as Jesus is with you, we're okay. There's an old song we used to sing back in college. I'm never alone, just as long as Jesus is with me. Isn't that beautiful? I have found that people sometimes can't measure up to what we want, but Jesus is a, a friend who speaks closer than a brother. Amen? Your old life will consistently practice this So if you're here and you're trying to honor God and you say, why am I constantly fighting this? There's something about the old life that is trying to get at you. But stick with us. There's good news ahead. Amen? The scripture goes on to say, Paul is reprimanding Peter. And I want you to say this. I'm going back for one second. I want you to notice that Peter's problem became who else's problem? What, what, what he says here. What do you see? Peter's problem became Barnabas' problem. And actually, right before it says Barnabas, who else's problem did it become? The other Jews. So one man's disobedience, one man's sinful nature affected a group of people, and it even affected Barnabas, who was a very respected follower of Jesus. Let me just say this. What you and I do not only matters for our own sake, Well, it's just me. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just doing this this one time. Oh, but there's other people watching. And could it be that someone says, well, they did it, so I'm going to do it. And it affects the people around us. Amen? Amen? The scripture goes on to say, when I saw, Peter, Paul is speaking and saying, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. I want you to say this because this is beautiful. Say the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. What's the gospel? It's God, God's good news. For the last few weeks, I told you God's good news is summarized in John 3, 16. God loved you enough to send his son for you. Believe in him and you will have eternal life. I'm going to say that one more time. God loved you enough to send his son for you. Anybody else send their sons for you? Believe in him, that son, Jesus Christ, and you will have eternal life. That's God's good news. When I saw that Peter... And others were not acting in line with the truth of God's good news, the gospel. I said to Cephas, Cephas is in front of them all. And so Paul is not, he said it in front of them all. Can I just say something? There's something beautiful, and I know it doesn't seem this way, but there's something beautiful about bringing secret sins out to light. There's something powerful. When we've got stuff that just we don't want anybody to know, and we're dealing with it. Peter, I'm sure, well, nobody will know that. I'm, I'm kind of separating myself. I'm, I want to I please these men of the circumcision. And so nobody will know that inside of me I'm kind of acting in a prejudiced way. I'm acting in a separate way. Nobody will know. And Paul says, wait, I confronted him in front of them all. Listen, there's something enemy wants you to think that your problem is the greatest problem in the world and nobody can know, otherwise you die. And what happens most of the time, you bring it out to light. And it's okay. God's grace and mercy. 
When I saw they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, who is Peter, in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. In other words, Peter, you are a Jew, but now that you have faith in Christ, you're not walking according to the old traditions of the Jewish people. You're living in a new way. You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. And then he says, how is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Why is it that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? I know you don't know anyone like this, but let me ask you a question. Do you ever know, have you ever met anyone who loves to tell others how they should live their lives and what they should do, but when you look at their own life, you say, wait a second. You're living by faith in Christ. You're not living according to these traditions. Why is it that? Because as you're separating, you're, you're, what you're trying to say, even though you might not be saying it, is what you're saying is you guys need to live like the Jewish tradition says so that you can be a part. Anybody ever sit alone in the lunchroom? Yeah. You're in school? I don't know about you. I remember though this. Not fun. I remember when I first moved to the United States from Puerto Rico. I loved Puerto Rico. Loved the food, loved the music, loved my friends. I I think I was the only one out of my entire family that was not excited about moving to Rochester, New York, where it gets really cold, bless the Lord. And so when I first moved here in 1991, I was 13, I remember being in the school and feeling just so alone and all my friends, and I was just sad, and I was sitting there by myself in the lunchroom. The worst feeling. And I remember somebody came up to me and, and started talking and said, how you doing? My name is such and such. And that began my string of friendships. And some of them I still have to this day. But, but there's something powerful about, oh, we don't sit down with them. We, we don't hang out with them. Peter was doing that for Gentiles. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Again, the truth of the gospel. Say the truth of the gospel. Here's the next one. God's good news reminds us of the way we should live our new lives in Christ. God's good news reminds us of the way we should live our new lives in Christ. So if you're confused, if you're not sure if you're going the right way, look at the gospel. If you if you have questions about how you're living, look at the gospel. Yesterday, during uh, Daniel's, we had a special ceremony with, with several different men, some families, some men that were supposed to spoke words of life into them. But one of the reasons I had all those men speak to them is because I knew that those men were living according to the truth of the gospel. And I want my son to live according to the truth of the gospel. I'm not going to allow my son to receive mentoring and to be spoken into his life by someone who does not live according to the truth of the gospel. Are you with me? Paul saying, Peter, Peter, you're, you're the disciple, you're Jesus' right-hand man, but in this matter... You are not living according to the truth of the gospel. Let me just remind you, if Peter went through it, if Peter strayed, if Peter faltered from time to time, then you and I can fault too. And I pray that you have someone in your life, say someone, someone. that can look at you in the eye from time to time and say, hey, Lewis, hey, whoever you are, you are not, you got to look at this. Because there's something that doesn't smell very good about this. It just doesn't jive with Jesus. How many know that Jesus smells good? Amen? Amen. 
And you want, you want the aroma of Jesus in your life. He goes on and says, We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Say, by faith. By faith. The title of today's message is Your New Life. It's by faith. By faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. By trying to be perfect, I, I gotta do it, and I gotta have willpower, I gotta be a good husband and a good dad, I gotta tell the truth, I gotta have good thoughts, I have to have good words, I gotta really try hard, you can't do it. No one will be justified by just trying really hard. There's something else Paul calls to, and he calls it faith. In this new life in Christ, he's an excellent. We are made right by faith in Christ and not by works. In this new life in Christ, we're talking about marking the moment. Are you a follower of Jesus? And if you are, you're not going to be trying to obey the law because you're trying to earn your way to God. No. By faith, I put my faith in Christ. I believe in him. And out of response to that relationship, then I want to be a good husband. God, by his Holy Spirit, helps me to be a good daddy, a person of integrity. He starts changing my thoughts and my words. Can I get an amen? amen. It's by faith. Say by faith. But, Paul says, if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For though the law, through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. And let me just say very quickly, I don't have time to go deep into this. This particular set of verses we just read is a little bit confusing. And I'm just going to try to help you a little bit. I try to help myself this week say, God, exactly what do you mean when you say this? And in my studies, here's a couple of thoughts. People were saying, the Jewish, the circumcision group, say circumcision group. You don't have to say it outside of church, but I just want you to say it out loud, okay? The circumcision group was saying, well, Paul, what you're teaching people to do, if you teach Jewish people to walk by faith in Christ alone, then they're not walking according to the Jewish traditions, and in our world, that's living a sinful life. And Paul is responding to that question, that accusation, that if Jews now are living by faith, and, and they leave their tradition behind, then now they're walking like sinful Gentiles. That's why he says that word, sinful Paul says, absolutely not. Listen, I need, I destroyed the old way, the old way of the law. You gotta be good enough. You gotta do it in your own strength. I destroyed that, and now I'm walking by faith. I'm not going to reverse that process. So here's the next one. Our old works focused life has given way to our new faith focused life. I'm gonna say that again. Our old works focused life has given way to our new faith-focused life. I have been crucified with Christ, and this is why I want to spend just a couple of minutes with you on this. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ dies for nothing. Is it okay that we study the Bible together today? Amen. 
God is calling you to certain things, but sometimes our bodies betray us. Paul says, the life I'm now live in the body. Say, in the body. God, help us to live lives that honor you in and with our bodies in Jesus' name. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to that. Now I live by faith. But why should I live for Jesus? Here's why. He loves you. He loves us oh, how he loves us. Because he loves you. And listen, and he gave himself for you on the cross. I do not set aside the grace of God. If righteousness could be gained through the law, through works, then Christ died for nothing. In other words, if you can earn God's love, then Christ died for nothing. If you could do it, make it in your own strength, then why would Jesus need to be crucified? The reality is you and I could never make it on our own. We need Jesus. Just look at your neighbor and tell him, you can't make it on your own. Just tell and just And just, and, and then now switch up and just say, you need Jesus. Just tell him, you need Jesus. <laughs> you need Jesus. I need Jesus. Amen? The crucifixion, here's the next one, is the critical event that changes me and what I live for. The crucifixion is the critical event that changes me and what I live for. Here's a statement. You can have a new life by faith because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. And I don't want you just to know that. My prayer for you, it's not good enough for you to know it. At the end of, uh, of my son's ceremony, one of the men prayed, and he prayed this. God, I pray that Daniel would not just be a hearer, but a because, and he prayed this, he said, because, because Jesus said, not pastor said, Jesus said, anyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And so what he was praying over my son Daniel is, Daniel, in Jesus' name, you will not be a foolish man who just hears the words but does nothing. But he also prayed, may Daniel be, and my prayer for you is this, may you and I be people who know that we're, we're, we're called by faith, we're saved by faith in Christ, but we, we know it, and we're wise, and we do what Jesus says. We are building a house on the rock. Sometimes in our life, in my life, when my life is going like this, and I feel like everything is topsy-turvy, and what's going on? Almost every time I can look back in my life and say, there are places where I heard Jesus, but I didn't do what he said. You can have a new life by faith because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. Here's some next steps very quickly. Number one, identify who or what is keeping you from connecting to your new life by faith. What's keeping you? What's the barrier? Identify it. Number two, reflect. How can you keep connecting to God and His truth? This week, how can you keep connecting to God and His truth? How can the truth of the gospel become more true for you? Maybe that means reading more, listening more. Uh, uh, Brother Augustine with the youth talks a lot about Bible Project. There's some incredible Bible Project videos. If you YouTube them, YouTube Bible Project, there's a lot of information that's very helpful to understanding the Word. Whatever it takes so that you can get the truth of the gospel inside of you. Identify Reflect and finally engage. Engage. What actions would you take if Christ was living through you to 
today? What actions would you take if Christ was living through you today? How would you react to the comments made to you if Christ was living through you today? How would you react when disappointments come if Christ was living through you today? How would you react when insults come your way if Christ, say if Christ, was living through you, how would you react? I want you to think about that. How would you handle your money if Christ was living through you today? This is a tough one, and I, if anybody brings this back to me, I'll deny that I said it, but what kind of food should I eat if Christ was living in me today? Pray for me. It's football season. we got to eat pizza and watch football, right? I mean, come on. What actions would you take, loved ones, if Christ was living through you today? And I say that, I'm kind of joking, but what I want to say is that, listen, I am a sinful man that needs the grace and the mercy of God every single day. Do you? Do you need the grace of God every day? I think, I think we all do. And so we come before him like this, not because we want to be perfect, but we say we're weak. We say, God, in my weakness, would you become strong? Where I can't do it, Father, we thank you for the new life by faith that you offer. And I pray that even today, lives would be marked by this moment. Uh, especially those who maybe have kind of prayed a prayer to Jesus and, and yeah, they come to church every once in a while, but the, the, there is no vibrancy to the walk. And today, we say, God, fill us. Lord, I, we declare with Paul, we've been crucified with Christ. We no longer live. Lord, live through us. Live in us. By faith, we are going to live in you. To the one who gave himself for us. The one who loved us. We love you, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Katie's going to come up and share a few things. I just encourage you. There are connection cards in front of you. If you're making decisions, if you're doing business with God, I'm going to encourage you to write it down and give it with our offering, which will be coming up in a second. Because we want you, we want to pray with you as to what is it that God is doing in your life. Whatever it is, please write it down and, and drop it in the offering box. Praise God. We're going to continue worshiping God this morning through our tithes and offerings. So the ushers can come forward now. Let's um, bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the good gifts that you have given us, and we give them back to you this morning. Amen. Amen. And as the ushers are passing with the offering, and if, if um, God has touched you today in any way and you need prayer for anything, I'm going to invite the, uh, uh, our prayer warriors to come up. Uh, we have a team of prayer uh, warriors that are praying for you and with you and uh, I'm going to invite you to come on up and, and uh, stand in the front and if you're here today and you need prayer for anything today you want to uh, give your life to Christ or you want to come back to him or you recognize that there's some areas in your life that are just not where they need to be and you need prayer or there's someone in your family who is going through something and you need to pray for them and ask God to minister to them. I'm going to be singing this song, and I'm going to invite you as we're singing it to come up for prayer and pray with these, our prayer warriors. And let's lift up prayer requests to God. 
in these next few moments. Amen. The moon and stars, they were. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us. The weight of every curse upon him. One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. Battle in the grave, the war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, the stone was rolled away, his perfect love would, could not be overcome. Now, death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King. Has rendered you defeated forever. He is glorified forever. He is lifted high forever. He is risen. He is alive. He those who can to just stand with us as we sing this last part forever he is glorified
guys so much for coming to Heart and Soul this morning. We're really glad that you're here. Um, don't forget to pick up your children downstairs or in the nursery. Um, we hope to see you again next week. God bless. Somebody tell them I need you. I need you.